0: Podcast. You can
1: listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer and I talk about the top stories in pro wrestling in 2020. We start with some of the big events at the end of 2019 and then carrying over into 2020 which was you talk about ups and downs just the craziest year in pro wrestling we do that right now on the busted open podcast
0: how in the hell do we recap this year? on Ugh. with we could just be talking for hours? Ugh. maybe we should do the entire till the ball drops. Just keep talking about the year that was or wasn't known as twenty twenty
1: yeah and and listen when it comes to the world of professional wrestling, Tommy, I think everybody would agree whether you're talking about movies t v the the sports world, just just life in general. 2020 has been a pretty shitty year for just about everybody with everything with COVID-19, the pandemic, you know, uh, loss of employment, loss of life, sickness. I mean, it's been a horrific year, but, you know, we're going to be talking about the world of professional wrestling, Tommy. And, you know, I'm going to get into a little bit, get into some details. And I said this to you a year ago that I thought 2019 was my personal favorite year as a fan of professional wrestling. I thought 2019 was an absolutely phenomenal year for pro wrestling. And I think everybody would agree that 2020 was the absolute worst year in the history of pro wrestling.
0: Uh, Well, I would agree 1000%. I think it would be like you said, but. The worst year for the world, Uh, the beauty of professional wrestling, and and Dave, I I say this all the time, literally the world shut down except one thing, one thing, and that was professional wrestling. It kept on rolling. It kept on moving forward. I am in 1000% agreement about 2019 even 2018 this momentum known as professional wrestling where you and I are always talking about uh, man what a great time to be a wrestling fan so many options Then 2019 comes and it's like the doors are blown off and then yes we have to come to a screeching halt but but again people getting signed to to everywhere the, the birth of AEW um, just everything was had this amazing momentum. Then this stupid disease hits, but it affects the world. But if you again, the world of professional wrestling did not stop for one second. It was the only thing that continued when everything was shut down. Restaurants, I mean everything, but wrestling continued to show content, fresh content on a weekly basis.
1: Yeah, and I agree with you. When you look at 2018, 2019, and really quick, just to look back at 2019, Tommy, like you talked about the birth of AEW, uh, tremendous pay-per-view even before AEW started Dynamite on TNT with Double or Nothing in Vegas. Uh, The New Japan Ring of Honor show at a sold out Madison Square Garden in April of 2019, something that we never thought we would see in our lifetime, Tommy. Uh, Another organization outside of the WWE coming into their flagship building Madison Square Garden and selling it out uh, WrestleMania weekend WrestleMania 35 being so special with Kofi Kingston capturing gold Um wrestle kingdom like you you could go on and on our our show busted open you know selling out uh for our uh 10 year anniversary show in 2019 over 750 people uh showing up and showing their support you really felt like man this momentum is going to carry us for, de- for at least a decade, when you look at 2019, hopes were high going into 2020, and then everything came crashing down in March.
0: Dave, man, I said it in 2018, 2019, I wrestled 206 times as a man knocking on 50. That means for me, being the draw for indies, my own company, other companies. I worked AEW. I worked so many different places, but guess what? That was everybody. There was wrestlers, independent wrestlers, living, making a living, being an independent wrestler. Where I was working Thursdays, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, doing stuff with Impact, watching the growth of Impact it was great. And those are the times that, you know, during these times makes us really, really think about and appreciate pro wrestling. I mean, even our show going live six days a week, you know, it was just so much stuff happening because of like, it just never stops. Wrestling never stops. You know, you have football, you have, everybody has an off season. Uh, We don't. And, And again, you know, when you think about when everything that happened, everything got put on pause, baseball. um, They were talking about, will the NFL play? Basketball got, everything got paused. The playoffs for hockey. And then we learned, we try to pick up. But for us, even on our show, we had a little hiccups, but it's like, hey, we can't take callers. Great, we're just going to then talk. And we had some kick-ass shows, and that's what we do. We learn, we adapt, we move forward.
1: And I'm very proud of the fact, Tommy, that, you know, You know, March 12th, we were not on the air. You know, March 11th, when I left New York City, which turned out to be the last time I've been to New York, was March 11th. You know, think about that's crazy. For all those years, every single day, you know, taking the train from New Jersey into New York to do this show, which I absolutely love doing. And that was the last time I took that train, not knowing. Um, And I got the phone call from Mother Marissa the morning of March 12th saying, you know, we're shut down. And, you know, this has gone to another level. And we missed that one show. (laughs) And then March 13th, you and I and Mark Henry were on the air. Now, we had to finagle it in a way that we've never had to do before. Um, We actually pre-taped the show, you know, at 6 a.m. in the morning, turned it around in time to play it at 9 a.m., uh, for everybody on SiriusXM, but I'm very proud of the fact we only missed one show, and that was down on March the 12th, and then March 13th, you know, we were back on the air. Um, and you mentioned about the world of pro wrestling kept going and, and, and kept going strong. That week was the last week that we saw fans in attendance for the WWE and AEW. By that next week, you know, everything completely changed in that landscape of pro wrestling and we're still living through it, Tommy, as we're doing this show right now, we're, we're still trying to catch our footing and, you know, AEW has, you know, 500 to a thousand fans in, in a 6,000 seat venue. You know, the WWE has the Thunderdome, you know, impact wrestling, MLW ring of honor are doing it in empty venues. And we're still trying to get our footing right now when it comes to, to seeing where the future lies going into 2021 for pro wrestling.
0: Yep. And and, you know, the world is trying to understand it. You know, when we first, you know, you hear all these different things like, you know, what is rumors? What is fact? Again, the fact is that wrestling kept on moving forward. And yes, even though we literally Dave probably had what three months of professional wrestling before the pandemic, we had some cool stuff in those first three months uh and again i cannot wait to return because you listen to it we listen to it every single day with the nation wrestling fans still have that heart and that passion for this business they still want to vent their complaints they still want to talk and praise about things that they love and that's the beauty of what we do
1: yeah it, it really is and and you know thank you to the nation um, for sticking and staying with busted open, I don't. I don't think this show has missed the beat. Uh, the love and passion is still there when it comes to pro wrestling fans. And listen, sometimes it's misguided. I, I'm guilty of that at times. Tommy, you know, doing the show with me, I'll go on a rant. You bring something up. I mean, God forbid during this show you bring up, you know, July fourteenth, nineteen eighty four. I'm gonna shit. You know, like there's certain things when it comes to wrestling fans that it strikes a nerve with them. And that's what I love about our fans, the Busted Open Nation. That's what I love about pro wrestling. And it's, it's very, very difficult, Tommy, and you know this, to explain that to a non-wrestling fan. And I knew that we would find a way to not only survive but thrive during this period. And we really, really have.
0: Absolutely. And I want to say, I think Vince McMahon was right in that purchase uh, at times just to, uh, you know.
1: Yeah. How did that work out for him? <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to celebrate New Year's Eve with my lovely wife, Violetta. The, I did no that joking. A, a Sour note. Why? You know, let's not let's not get me my panties in a bunch here. OK, I had to let's, joke. OK, all right. I don't even know where we are now. You mean, I mean, I lost my hope. The love and the passion that pro wrestling fans have for the world of pro wrestling. That's, that's the point that I was trying to make.
0: I know I'm only playing where, you know, we're, we're celebrating. This is like, this is a special show. The year that was 2020 is a lot of rants on you on Tuesday about Monday. So why not?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, who knows? Maybe Monday night raw might turn things around in 2021. I won't hold my breath, but you're right, Tommy. in the fact that obviously the pandemic hurt us and hit us in March but there was a lot that happened in those first two months in 2020 that we definitely have to recap January and February. That momentum from 2019 was still rolling. We had some amazing moments. We'll talk about those two months when Tommy and I are back right here on busted open.
0: Everyone, This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from Sirius XM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app, Pandora and Apple Podcasts.
1: Welcome back. To bust it open our year end review show we 're talking about the top stories of two thousand and twenty, and I think the biggest story, Tommy, to start off the year was the Royal Rumble in two thousand and twenty, and even probably more importantly on who won the Royal Rumble is who returned at the Royal Rumble, and maybe one of the best memories and probably one of the best moments of the last decade is the return of edge at this year's Royal rumble.
0: When you want to talk about pops, you know, we always talked about the road warrior pop, but edge got one of the most organic. Oh my God. I'm so happy. I'm here to witness this. I love when they show videos. I just watched it. Dodger fans rejoicing when the Dodgers win the World Series and and videos like that.
1: Wait a second, wait a second before you go. Wait before you go on. Are you talking about like the 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 Dodgers? Did the Dodgers just recently win the World Series?
0: Yes, they just won this year's World
1: Series. Oh, okay. All right, no, because I didn't know. So go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. I thought you were. You know what? I go back. You know what? I go back and watch talk about pops. Kirk Gibson's home run in game one of the world series with the Dodgers and the A's, but I digress. I apologize, Tommy, for interrupting you.
0: No problem. That, uh, some other things happened in baseball after that, just so you understand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the Dodgers just won the world series and you saw all these Dodger fans rejoicing because they haven't won in so long. When you see, people's responses and and they showed it was it was like this viral video of Edge's return of people watching it and I loved it because no one saw it coming it didn't leak out anywhere I knew it was happening cuz Edge is my friend and he was so excited and he was in this amazing shape everything that we he did had meaning And again, it was one of those moments that will live forever in wrestling fans. Um, I haven't seen a return like that since when the Hardys returned at WrestleMania. And it was just like one of these, wow, like what a great story for that to happen. And in the Royal Rumble and for him to go so far, it was just It was awesome. It it truly was. And and those behind the scene videos were just great. And at first you thought it was for a one-off, but no, Edge was back. And, you know, he delivered in many, many ways until unfortunately he got hurt again. But Mm. as we always say, you got to live for those moments. And that was a moment that if you, dude, like there's no bigger moment because there's no bigger crowd. There's nothing bigger in 2020 that has happened since.
1: Yeah, and and I remember my daughter, you know, not just experiencing it that night, but the next day she was watching it with her teacher, Mr. Alvarez, who's a big uh, nation member and supporter of this show, with a tear in his eye. Like, that's the beauty of pro wrestling is, you know, the, the emotional, Bully talks about this all the time on the show, the emotional investment that you have with wrestlers. We have that emotional investment with Edge. So seeing him come back after all these years in front of over forty thousand fans tommy I, I, it, it truly was a great way to start off two thousand and twenty
0: yes and being gone for so long and it's not like he was gone and he had very very sporadic appearances he never told us he was training he was never it was never anything like in the cards for him personally it was. He was doing stunts. He was doing stuff. And he's like, hey, I feel decent. And then he was, you know, he was getting in shape. He also, he suffered a lot of loss, you know, the loss of his mom and and a loss of, uh, I believe it was Beth's father. All these things like happened to him. And he was just like, you know, he let his body go. And then he was like, I'm dedicating my life to getting better. And then all of a sudden he's also feeling better, you know, physically. And, And we're talking to. I was there when he had to retire and it was a guy cut down in his prime being the champion, having to say goodbye to something he's loved because, oh, by the way, if you take another bump again, you will be crippled. There is this definite risk that this is happening because you've broken your neck. You've done all these damage to your body. And for him to come back and on that stage and with all those fans, because Dave, there hasn't been anything bigger since – to me, it's it's the biggest. It has to be just by the number and the sure the sheer surprise of it. It's the biggest moment of 2020 because after that, it was pretty much no more fans. It's over. No, you know, that's it. Let's say goodbye. Yes, they had arenas full, but not not to that capacity.
1: No, and and you're absolutely right. Um, that's sh- I, 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 I honestly, Tommy, I I cannot go back and watch that Rumble. I can't go back and watch that moment. I will be able to when when things go back and and we get through this and we have fans back in attendance. But right now, knowing that we hardly have any fans at all, most most shows have no fans at all. I can't go back and watch something from this past year. I, I just can't do it because it me, you know, it's I was able to watch that with pure joy in my eyes. But now it would, it, would, it would hurt my heart to go back and watch a, a moment where there was over 40,000 fans in attendance. Because, Tommy, I don't know when there's going to be the next time we're going to have over 40,000 fans in attendance.
0: Well, it'll happen. And when uh, here's what I love, too, besides the, the fans' responses. When Randy Orton and Edge kind of circled and acknowledged each other. And when everybody realized, oh my God, we could have them back. And it was yeah. kind of, I loved it for two reasons. One, because wrestling fans remember. And wrestling fans remember, and I always say this, they remember the littlest nuances. But then if you think about the beauty of that, the t- that was the first piece of what they got. And then there was this amazing feud that was then booked for WrestleMania. And was probably one of the better matches at WrestleMania with a top billing. But you saw a glimpse. And I always say, this is the first sentence of a book. This is what hooks you for that long-term storytelling. And yes, it got you know taken back because of Edge tearing his tricep at WrestleMania and going out again. But that moment was just, there was so many just amazing returns, amazing moments, as there always is in the Royal Rumble. My favorite pay-per-view of all time, and because it always delivers. It's just, I mean, you think about it, Dave, we're coming up, the next Royal Rumble will be in the Thunderdome. It won't be in that live audience. That's going to yep. affect that too. And, and I agree with your assessment, but you know, we're going to get back there. We're going to get back there. It's going to be a while. But when we do, we could always remember moments like that. And it's great that you're going to watch it later. But think of all those little, little nuances when it happened. I mean, I, I even remember like the WWE camera man lost Edge's like first spear because they were just showing all the fans responses. Yep, And it was just like, how do you miss that shot? And it's like, because he's getting lost in the emotion of what's happening right now.
1: Yeah, and also at that Rumble, 2, you saw the interaction between Keith Lee and, and Brock Lesnar and then ultimately Drew McIntyre. And, and, and Drew McIntyre is somebody that we got to talk about at length, too, Tommy, because Drew McIntyre getting that opportunity, and we'll get into WrestleMania 36 in just a little bit, but you think about that moment for Drew McIntyre. You know, he's waited his whole career for that moment. In over you know winning that rumble over forty thousand fans, you know him being declared the next guy, knowing that he's going to be in the main event at WrestleMania thirty-six, thinking it's going to be in front of eighty-five thousand fans, and that quickly changed. But but man, like you know, have at least he was able to get that moment where he wins the rumble in front of that capacity crowd.
0: Absolutely, and that was I don't want to say his. Last great moment, but just like Edge, it was just this celebration, and you know, coming off of the, I remember the show on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wrestling fans were happy; they were happy with the Royal Rumble. We were celebrating as a community because we knew what was going to come. However, we did not know (laughs) that what would come would change everything. You and I discussed it. I I said it to Drew when we had him on the show. I can't wait till the world gets to experience the greatness of Drew McIntyre as the champion. Or me and Mark Henry had discussed about him returning to the UK shows. And I mean, he's held it together. Or even him just going home with that title. He hasn't had that ability to do it. And, and you even think about with WrestleMania. And he wasn't allowed... Like he even said, like, I had the title, but like I just made sure like I had to pinch myself just in case it was going to change. Like I didn't want to jinx it. I didn't want to do anything because it was pre, you know, taped before it aired to the to the world. But you think about that. He couldn't talk about the greatest night of his wrestling career because A, it was pre-taped, B, he didn't want anything to go. And plus he didn't want to jinx it. Like, God forbid something happened. Maybe they yeah. they changed it, you know.
1: And also too, when you look at that rumble um you know Brock Lesnar that he Brock Lesnar showed his greatness and why you need a Brock Lesnar on your roster, why Vince McMahon keeps bringing him back I mean just an an, an m v p performance by Brock Lesnar that Royal Rumble night
0: absolutely Brock was uh and is the man don't know his return he's a free agent, don't know what he's doing but Yes. Brock has always delivered. Brock has been a main event player. And for everyone that complains that he's a part-timer and all that stuff, um, he delivers ratings. He delivers uh, intriguing storylines. And when he comes back, you know, it means business. And he comes back for what? The big shows and the big, big time performances when you do need to sell out those big ass venues for the WWE business decisions, they don't have those big-ass venues to sell out. So, I mean, that that became a bigger story later on through the year. But, yes, Brock Lesnar, since day one, has always been a big-time player.
1: And if you remember, Tommy, and Bully and I did uh, uh the Royal Rumble pre-show uh that night here on Fight Nation, and already there was that, that cloud of 2020 was already starting that night. If you remember... That was the day Kobe Bryant passed away, and that that was kind of the cloud that was over uh, the Rumble that year, and 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 un- unfortunately, just having that 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 horrific incident happening, and, and it kind of unfortunately foreshadowed a lot of the the the, the, the turns and and just valleys that were going to take place. Uh, during 2020, and I just, you know, when I think back at that Royal Rumble, we had the highs of Edge and, and Drew McIntyre, but there was that cloud of, you know, one of the greatest NBA players, one of the greatest, you know, just personalities, and just a genuinely amazing person losing him uh, that, that day of the Royal Rumble. and And there were other things, like I mentioned, you know, in January and February, you know, Wrestle Kingdom 14, you know two nights at the Tokyo Dome uh Naito and Okada Jericho and Tanahashi uh John Moxley uh, you know you know you know wrestled on that card against Lance Archer as well at Wrestle Kingdom 14 AEW Revolution um taking place in February with John Moxley against Chris Jericho where John Moxley beat Jericho for the AEW World Championship so we had some very huge moments early on in January and February when it came to the world of pro wrestling. Uh, but, Tommy, then came the pandemic, and it was touch and go whether we were even going to get a WrestleMania 36. And And the WWE waited to almost the last minute to change the venue. We were going to do it in front of 85,000 fans in Tampa, uh, but we found out, early in April that it was going to be at an empty performance center for a unprecedented historical WrestleMania 36. And we're talking about the top stories of 2020. When we come back, Tommy, we're going to dive in to WrestleMania 36 when we're back right here. I'm Busted Open.
0: Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on SiriusXM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple
1: Podcasts. Welcome back to It Open. We're talking about the top moments in pro wrestling in 2020 and obviously a lot of lows. But when you look back, especially early on during this pandemic, Tommy, you got to look at WrestleMania 36. It seems like a lifetime ago now when you look back to WrestleMania 36. It's supposed to be on April 5th, 2020 at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. And what it turned out to be, we talked earlier about Wrestle Kingdom being two nights uh, in 2020. Uh, WrestleMania 36 turned out to be both Saturday, April 4th and Sunday, April 5th obviously for different reasons than than we were expecting, Tommy. And, you know, his his history was made, WrestleMania taking place two nights, and crazy to think about it, even now, pre-taped both April 4th and April 5th.
0: Yes. um, Good things, and I know you and I have talked about it. This is a WrestleMania that we probably will never, ever watch ever again. Never. It was a solid show, both nights and very solid the i love the double night billing and i loved how they went above and beyond to make this wrestlemania they said it's going to be like no wrestlemania ever before which it wasn't the classy edition of stephanie mcmahon basically telling us what we were gonna see was different and then you know I was hooked from that opening montage of all the wrestler, WrestleManias before with the singing of the National Anthem and stuff like that. I enjoyed both nights. We, none of us have enjoyed it like we did, but there was some really, really good action. Something else that happened uh, in the Royal Rumble, which had a bigger impact through the course of the year, and yes, Edge's return was the biggest, but MVP. Coming back yep. in that Royal Rumble. And Dave, it, it wasn't supposed to be a long term deal. It literally was maybe we test you out as behind the scenes. Maybe you just come in and see what happens. And what happened, uh, MVP stepped up, always like MVP does. And, you know, he's had a really good renaissance as a manager slash wrestler and doing whatever it took. And he manages a very, very successful group called the Hurt Business that pretty much dominated from the pandemic uh, until
1: today. Yeah, and and, and you're right. And, you know, he's fantastic on the mic, still fantastic in the ring. He's a true artist when it comes to the world of pro wrestling. You know, I've had many a conversation with him where he just loves the art of pro wrestling, and it was his goal – to go everywhere and be a part of everything connected to pro wrestling. He wanted, you know, he wanted to wrestle in the WWE, but you know, he also wanted to wrestle in Japan and he he had a wonderful tour uh, of the indies. I know he he was great for you Tommy at House of Hardcore as well. I mean, that is somebody that is a true professional and I and I truly I truly believe that he is an artist when it comes to the world of pro wrestling.
0: Absolutely. And he's a guy who, you know, takes great pride in a lot of that he does. Um, I remember talking to him where he, you know, was like, hey, man, thinking of uh, going back and just kind of cool to show my son what I do or did and calling it a career and all that stuff. And it's blossomed to him having more matches and him, you know, bringing back the MVP lounge because he does deliver. He delivered in ratings. He delivered in his promos, something that a lot of talent can't do. And he's been an excellent addition to Monday nights. And and for a while, you know, him and his group, the Hurt Business, they were helping carry a lot of Monday Night Raw with, you know, working a bunch of different segments. Because again, this is in a time where everything is changing on the fly. I mean, and Dave, you remember Okay, first it's no fans, then it's going to be, you know, the NXT people. Then they had their outbreak of, you know, somebody from NXT got it. And then some of the wrestlers got uh, Corona. Uh, So then what happens? They had to put up those screens. I mean, we're watching the evolution, like we said, of everything changing on the fly. If we jump towards over to AEW, it went from, hey, we have these great shows to they're filming in pretty much a studio and they put the wrestlers around the ring. And it was just like all these things had to change on the fly because every day it's different information every day. It's, you know, or, Hey, there's been an outbreak here. Okay. What do we do to prevent an outbreak? We got to move the fans or you can't go here that, you know, they were filming parts of AEW in Georgia at a very small uh, arena and they built it up to look like broadcast standard for impact impact had stuff already in the can that was looking like it's live looking in front of the most fans that they had and we had some really good shows we were too were in atlanta and then everything just you know shut down but mvp's renaissance and and him coming back has been a major uh story throughout the year because hey he's still there Uh, unfortunately edge should have been the major story but edge got hurt again but mvp really slipped i don't want to say under the radar but you know a lot of people come back for that royal rumble and just oh it's a one and done but he made the most of that opportunity
1: and also john morrison coming back uh to the world of the wwe as well and he's obviously still heavily featured on Monday Night Raw with The Miz but let's go back to WrestleMania 36 Tommy again you know two nights April 4th and April 5th um obviously not at the at the you know Tampa Bay Buccaneers stadium but you know, at the Performance Center. It was so odd seeing that opening montage for those about to rock playing in the background and you hear the bombs and everything. And you're expecting that montage to end and see, as we usually do, you know, 80, 85, 100,000 pro wrestling fans going absolutely crazy. And, you know, you hear Michael Cole's voice and it's just, you know, the Performance Center completely empty. Uh, But like you said, everybody on that show, both nights, busted their ass to entertain everybody, and they did a phenomenal job. And at night number one, you had Braun Strowman defeating Goldberg for the WWE Universal Championship. Again, big story, Tommy. In 2020, you know, Roman Reigns, you know, had to back out of that, obvious. You know, he just fought off leukemia, you know, we were still trying to get a grip on what exactly COVID-19 and this pandemic was. You could not take any chances. And, you know, Braun Strowman filled in for Roman Reigns and won that WWE universal championship.
0: If you think about art imitating life or a lot of times what we do in professional wrestling gets home and personal, the pandemic Really, also changed the career path for Roman Reigns because it was a big part of, hey, I left and you people turned on me. And that was a big part to now what we're seeing, probably the greatest version of Roman Reigns that we've ever seen. And that's what we love about professional wrestling. And we always talk about the history of professional wrestling, where, you know, a lot of times, Heels were based upon fear when you had, you know, your early days of wrestling. What what do we have a lot of Germans and Russians? Why? Because America was afraid of coming out of the war or the evil uh, Oriental or Asian wrestler. You know why? Because of everything with Pearl Harbor. And it targeted those fears to make you realize like, hey, it's good versus evil. And now, um, with everything that's going on, we still are evolving storylines-wise and taking a real-life thing and putting it on the screen. Uh, I look forward to the day when corona no longer exists and I can sneeze on someone to start an angle. <laughs> and
1: I, I hope that day comes soon. Uh, the, the main event, you know, in night number one uh, for WrestleMania 36... Uh, In a cinematic match, Tommy, The Undertaker and AJ Styles in a boneyard match. And we'll get into The Undertaker as well because you talk about a crazy year. When you look back at The Undertaker, I mean, you know, mind-blowing what we saw from that man in 2020. But, you know, the first of, of, of a few in the world of the WWE, that boneyard match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles.
0: And I loved it. And uh, it was great. It was, to me, the Undertaker can live forever due to cinematic matches. We have, again, with the pandemic, you can now do things that you normally wouldn't do. Matt Hardy was the one who brought the cinematic match with you know the total deletions in Impact Wrestling. And it took it to this next level where, but everyone was talking about it. You had uh, a resurgence for him, and then he went to to the WWE after all that stuff. And yes, they they did some of that stuff with him and Bray, but you can do things with no fans that you couldn't do in this. And that's you know the the silver lining during all this. You've also been allowed to play around, experiment. What you know, what would happen? What wouldn't um, work? But for the boneyard, it worked. And it was uh it was like watching a bit of pro wrestling and a and a horror movie and a fight movie, uh all wrapped up in one.
1: Turned out, you know, being at least for now, the final match for The Undertaker. And I think a good way to go out as well. Um we we're we're gonna get into it. The the documentary series of The Undertaker, The Last Ride, and him wanting perfection. And, you know, kind of chasing the dragon, so to speak, you know, to get that final completion of his career, you know, I don't think that was going to happen. And I think the best way to do it was in this cinematic match with AJ Styles Um, and, you know, cinematic, completely different to me without a doubt, one of the highlights of WrestleMania 36. And like you said, Tommy, something that you really enjoyed. I think most people really enjoyed that cinematic match. And I think AJ Styles was the perfect opponent for The Undertaker as well.
0: Absolutely. And just like I said about Drew McIntyre, I say the same thing about The Undertaker. And I know a few months later we got to say goodbye to him, but The Undertaker deserves a goodbye in front of 40, 50, 60,000 people for all that he's done. And I look forward, I don't want to be on the air with you, that we're coming up to the raw season and all of a sudden I hear a gong because then you're going to be talking about the hand cup and all the, the stuff cup that you do. Tommy. But all I'm trying to say is I can't wait for us to get out of that because I want to say – Goodbye to the undertaker in the proper way that the undertaker needs to say goodbye.
1: Um, and speaking of the undertaker and we talked about the last ride, Tommy, you know, he was kind of like that final piece of, of kayfabe, you know, that final piece of the, the pro wrestling that you and I fell in love with at a very early age, that magic, that mystique, um, for better or for worse, uh, you know, he was a guest on busted open and, you know, we had a conversation about it. I asked him about it. I know it was very tough for him to let go. I, was it good? Was it bad? Was it the right decision? Was it the wrong decision? I, You know, th- th- we could have that debate for the ages, but, you know, that final piece of the puzzle now gone and the mystique of that man and that character forever changed because of that series, The Last Ride, Tommy.
0: Um, it showed the man behind the character, but I think we would all forget. I mean, dude, honestly, do you remember Ray Mysterio used to wrestle weekly without a mask, but yet we still watch Ray Mysterio. Um, I was going to get you by the way, for Christmas, a cameo, uh, from the undertaker, but then I saw it was a thousand dollars and I was like, Oh, well, I like Dave, but I think he'll like my Terry Funk, uh, Ric Flair. I quit Match shirt a lot better, but, um,
1: really quick before you move on. Uh, and you know, I, Violetta, if you're listening, I'm sorry. My daughter Abigail, Sarah, I'm sorry. But the the best Christmas gift <laughs> I got this year was the Terry Funk, Ric Flair, I Quit T-shirt from Tommy Dreamer. Phenomenal.
0: And Phenomenal. Dave got me a uh, Girardi chocolate pretzel. So it's equally much love because we share the same brain. Tommy, but, uh, we, we,
1: you would eat pretzels on the air every single time we did the show. You I know, know, I haven't I done it. I can't that. wait to I get back to get in get the studio. Yes,
0: stupid Gabby, <laughs> stupid Gabby, patient zero.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's a story for another day, but please continue.
0: <laughs> the Undertaker, you know, I think that really did spawn off of the whole Michael Jordan documentary. And again, Dave, like this was... You know, ESPN wasn't supposed to release that Michael Jordan uh, documentary, but they were like, "No, you're you're releasing this now because we need content. We need yeah. new content. That's what this machine wants." Undertaker's thing came out, and WWE programming is putting on some phenomenal programming, documentaries, documentary series, and they got a whole new slew coming out in 2021, which is something I look forward to because the behind the scenes stories sometimes are the most compelling. I know for me personally, I would text, uh, Michelle McCool and be like, can you please stop showing the undertaker? I don't, he's my friend and I don't want to see him doing stuff with like his dogs in his backyard. I want to see him literally choke slamming, get me a drink. She says no, and then he just chokeslammed. That's what I want to see because I'm a crazy pro wrestler. But yes, you want to, you know, the behind the scenes and for him to talk about that struggle and all that stuff is very, very real. You and I always talk about it because of also the, the society and the world that we live in. You will probably never see great characters ever again.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a different world uh, when it comes to pro wrestling. And Tommy, we're talking about the top stories in pro wrestling in 2020. When we come back, we got to get into night number two of WrestleMania 36 because a lot of news was made, and we'll talk about it when Tommy and I are back right here. I'm busted open.
0: Hi, this is Adam Shine. The Adam Shine Podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard-hitting takes every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all the sports, celebrities, media personalities, die-hard football fans, on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine Podcast with new episodes dropping on Tuesdays. You can listen to the podcast
1: anytime with the SiriusXM app, iTunes, Pandora, and with Stitcher. Welcome back to Busted Open. Tommy Dreamer and I talking about the biggest stories in pro wrestling in 2020. And and Tommy, you know, we got to get into night number two of WrestleMania 36. And we talked about Drew McIntyre from the Royal Rumble. And that moment, you know, in front of over 40,000 fans winning the Rumble, I mean, my goodness, Tommy, here we are, you know, just, you know, less than three months later and his dream becomes a reality. Main eventing WrestleMania 36 in front of zero fans. So you go from 40,000 to zero and he wins that WWE championship. As you mentioned earlier, Tommy pre-taped. So when we talk to him on busted open, Before WrestleMania 36, he already knew, you know, whether he was going to win or lose that matchup. Uh, Not the way I'm sure that Drew McIntyre envisioned his comeback in the WWE in the main event at WrestleMania 36.
0: Yeah, but it's an interesting chapter in the story of Drew McIntyre. You know, we we talked about it when we had him on the show and he's been on the show a lot, which is also kudos to the show because... You and I are recapping the year. Think of all the guests that we've had on this year. I mean, we freaking had the Undertaker on in this. You had Crazy. like you were you were like a a giddy child. Yeah, we had we had Bob Roop on this year.
1: Yeah, we Bob had, Roop came on.
0: We had so many amazing guests. Uh, back to Drew McIntyre. With Drew, he was the anointed one when he first came up. And he talked, you know, about not being ready for that, not, you know, and and basically failing in the WWE. He's been the most honest champion I've ever seen with his promos, and then with his interviews, he talks about independent wrestling. You know, on this show, he's here's the WWE champion talk about my time in Impact Wrestling. That's unheard of, Um, but that's the path that he went, and that's the path that why the wrestling community embraced him with the, and you know, we always say this, Dave, yes, you're going to be hit with negativity on social media, but it was always when the wrestlers say somebody's the guy, we know it's the guy because we just know. And and for a long time, myself, Mark, bully, I'm just talking about them because we're hosts on this show with you. We were talking about, Hey, Drew's the guy, Drew's the guy. Uh, I know I've wrestled him. I know bullies wrestled him. I know Mark's wrestled him. And like, yep, he was the guy and he's only getting better.
1: Yeah. And kudos to drew McIntyre, Tommy. I mean, what a tough position to have, you know, his reigns as WWE champion in front of no fans. I mean, you know, he got the opportunity at the Rumble and, you know, in front of a stadium of people, but winning that championship against Brock Lesnar and then holding on to that championship and defending that championship. And, and Tommy, you know this, um, that's how you kind of gauge whether it's working or not is how the fans react. And he's never been able to do that, you know, but yet he's he's thrived during this period. I thought he has done a phenomenal job. And when you look at, The bright spots. When you look at the MVPs of 2020, Drew McIntyre is near the top of that list, if not on the top of that list, because of the body work that he was able to do and not being able to do it in front of a live audience.
0: Absolutely. When it comes to the WWE, I would say Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns are the MVPs during the pandemic because they are giving these performances just like every wrestler out there. They're doing it on a weekly basis, but when you're, yes, you're carrying the company and everything has to matter because you're those faces of that company, those two have been carrying WWE, one on Raw, one on SmackDown, and have not failed in their performances. And yes, at times, creative lets us down and creative fails in doing their job, but the performers, the wrestlers, they do not.
1: Yeah, and also when you look at night number two of WrestleMania 36, you have to talk about Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. That may have been the best match um, of WrestleMania 36, and it really showed how great Charlotte Flair is and really how good Rhea Ripley is and how she's the future of this women's division in the WWE. It's kind of been rocky for her since that match at WrestleMania 36 but you look at the NXT Women's Championship being defended uh, on a WrestleMania, and you look at NXT and how that show is kind of completely looked on differently as now as it was at the beginning of 2020. But you got to go back to that match with Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, Tommy.
0: When we talk about creative letting you down, I feel like that was a lifetime ago, not for Charlotte, who left the WWE for a little bit. Uh, She's just coming back. But Rhea Ripley seemed to be the hottest act in professional wrestling. And then after that match, it was like someone took that pin and went and popped that bubble. But we're talking about that specific time. And that specific time, that woman was on fire. She has seemed to gotten that fire back, and I hope it continues because she's another one that could carry the torch uh, of the WWE.
1: A lot more stories to talk about here on Busted Open. The biggest stories of 2020 is the ups and the downs, and there was a lot of downs, but there was definitely some bright spots, and Tommy and I will continue to talk about it when we're back right here on Busted Open. Back here on Busted Open, Dave LaGreca, Tommy Dreamer, talking about the biggest stories of 2020 in the world of pro wrestling. And, Tommy, we talked about WrestleMania 36 in April. Also in April as well, if you remember, Tommy, the massive releases that took place in the WWE and and plenty of names to talk about from, you know, from Kurt Hawkins to EC3 to, uh, to Gallows and Anderson, uh Eric Young being released, Heath Slater uh being released, Aiden English uh being released. You know, we heard about, you know, letting go of, you know, Kurt Angle at that time. Eric Rowan uh being released. The colognes being released. Uh Sarah Logan being released. Uh, Maria and Mike Kanellis being released in April as well. Zach Ryder being released by the WWE at that time, no way, Jose. Being released, Rusev, one of the big names, being released in April. Diana Perazzo, uh, being released in April. Uh, Serena D being released uh, in April. Uh, the names just keep on coming. So many big names. Uh, so many uh big stars. You know, Kane Velasquez being released in April, and we thought they were going to do big things. Curtis Axel being released in April by the WWE. Uh, so many names, uh, Tommy. And as you know, throughout 2020, a lot of those names I mentioned, finding a, a home elsewhere.
0: Yep, and uh, if you remember, too, a lot of the agents were furloughed um, or let go. Fit Finley, IRS, um, Davari, Pat Buck, uh, Scott Armstrong. The list goes on and on. And you know what? Slowly but surely, WWE has brought some people back, and the other people, majority of them, like you said, have all found homes elsewhere. Uh, That is the nature of the business. If you think about the business and Uh, I remember taking a little bit of slack or heat for this statement, but I will stand by what I said. When you are running a company, it's a lot different from when public opinion and when it's your company, you have to sometimes make those hard decisions. And if it was your mom and pop deli and I have it's my deli and I have Dave LaGreca working there and I have bully Ray and I have Mark Henry. I know I got to cut them first because they're going to be eating a lot of my profits though. I'm friends with those guys, but I got to get rid of them. And now I'm stuck with Gabby at the cashier and I got Dave working. And then you got to make these hard decisions and be like, Hey Dave, I love you, but you're yelling at the customers because they're purchasing the wrong stuff that you don't want to give. And then I got to let go of you Yeah, though. That's the hard decisions that you have to make. Um, WWE then went out there and had their quarter, and their quarter was one of their best quarters they ever had. And even in this pandemic, without live events, I mean, they cut employees as well. But, dude, you you think about the restaurant industry alone is collapsing because of this pandemic. The WWE had to do what they had to do to survive as the WWE. And then their next quarter, their, their numbers were even better. The good thing about that, majority of the wrestlers that you have talked about have found other homes. The best part about the pandemic, I want to say it really helped with impact wrestling because I always say this, what some people view as waste or garbage is another person's treasure. And it also ignites a fire under a talent. Diana Perrazzo, I will specifically go out. She literally is the Impact Woman, Impact Wrestler of the Year because of her performances. She was deemed not good enough in the WWE, but yet she is one of the best performers I've ever seen. And the fact that Impact Wrestling during the pandemic was the first company to start hiring these people, and it led to an amazing slam anniversary where it's trending. All these wrestlers come into the company. It's exciting. And during a time of being scared or, or losing your job, hey, well, there's a silver lining. And then some wrestlers started showing up in AEW. And you know we, we could talk about Mike uh, Bennett and Maria just showing up back at their home in ring of honor. All these good things are starting to happen because talent will always shine. And I'm, this isn't a shot at the WWE, because if you think about it, when WCW was running, uh, they thought a wrestler named Steve Austin wasn't that good and got rid of him. It, it's the history of the business. It's the nature of the game. And it's not just in wrestling. It's in every single sport out there. Uh, I, I just watched a documentary about the making of the movie Home Alone, where someone said, you know what, this movie's not that good. And they passed on it. And they stopped production, even though they spent money during production. And another company picked it back up, and boom, it's the movie Home Alone. Some people don't view things as, as good. Other people know that they're great.
1: And you mentioned Diana Perazzo, and you said that she would be the wrestler of the year in 2020 for Impact Wrestling. At the beginning of 2020, you know, unfortunately, she was enhancement talent on Monday Night Raw. I mean, you know, and, and there she is with Impact Wrestling holding championship gold. And I think anybody that really knew Deanna Purrazzo and was able to watch her on a regular basis knew how good she was and wasted talent. You know, hey, uh, a blessing in disguise. She loses her job with the WWE. We spoke to her in between those periods. And then now she's a champion with Impact Wrestling, Tommy. Sometimes those horrible moments at the end of the day, like I said, that curse could be a blessing. Dave,
0: the WWE was literally paying people insane half a million dollars just not to go to AEW just to sit and ride the bench talents wasted. We had Eric young on this show and he said, I went from having the match of the year to NXT to not being on your TV program for almost two years. What made him feel okay about that was the lot of money that he was getting to sit home, which he was just like, I don't even like wrestling anymore. The moment he comes back to impact wrestling, that fire, was lit under him. He said it with all your hours of programming. When you can't find five to six minutes for me on your show, you're doing a disservice to yourself and to the wrestling business. That's a heavy statement. And he wasn't saying it because he was angry. He was saying it because it was true. And there was a lot of wrestlers like that. But if you think about it, most of those people, if it wasn't for that pandemic, would have just been happy sitting at home collecting a very large paycheck. WWE has to make those decisions. Uh, If the WWE didn't get rid of Gallows and Anderson, probably the the two higher paid athletes in WWE, we would have never have gotten to see the beauty of the talk and shop Amanias, which was a different way to view professional wrestling. And I laughed because I was part of it. But again, it was trending. Uh, They made some money doing it. You got to see alternative things, alternative visions of people's perspective of professional wrestling. It's it's opened the door. and, And yes, this pandemic has opened the door for other things and other possibilities to happen. You look at now, coming after this show airs for Hard to Kill, we've had... Kenny Omega showed up with Don Callis. They showed up in AEW. Now they're doing stuff in uh, Impact Wrestling. Now we may have a real alliance of the Bullet Club with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. There's so many things to look forward to which none of them would have happened if it wasn't for the pandemic. Who knows what would have happened? Um hell, my own company was doing great to the point where it's not doing anything at all. Um Just because I don't have those finances, I don't have, you know, the ability to to make it air on a television show because, hey, it was my money and you cost a lot to be a special ref.
1: I did. I broke the bank. Uh, You mentioned like you talked about Mike Bennett, Mike Bennett. We talked too many times here on Busted Open. Uh, They had him in a storyline that was going absolutely nowhere. and Not a lot of people can make sense of it. And then, you know, he's challenging Nick Aldis for. The NWA World Heavyweight Championship, one of the most prestigious titles, if not the, in the history of pro wrestling. And he discovered pro wrestling again, and he fell back in love with pro wrestling again. Uh, EC3, you know, whether it was with Impact or, or Ring of Honor, you know, a guy that he was chasing around the 24-7 championship, acting the fool, now showing how good he really was in a wrestling ring. Um being a professional wrestler, what he, what he loves and what he's good at. And, and I'm glad that there was a lot of happy endings for a lot of wrestlers that in April lost their livelihood and was able to regain and find their passion and love for pro wrestling again.
0: You talk about EC3. Here's a guy who literally did nothing after his two matches against John Moxley, uh, Dean Ambrose, and rode the pine forever wasn't on any show, and after he gets released, releases a video on his social media and has more buzz from his social media than he does his, what, two-plus years sitting in WWE Developmental, to the point where at one point he appeared on both Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling television and created a buzz for himself. Another person uh, who created a buzz for himself was Drake Maverick, literally wept for losing his job. Uh, everyone got behind him, uh, WWE put him in the tournament, well, he was already in the tournament, kept him in the tournament, and at yep. the end, what a nice moment we got to see where Triple H came out and gave him a contract. That was real. That was as real as real can be. And he would say, I'm fighting for my job. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to be in this. And you know what? He didn't win it, but he's still employed there. And doing good. Like, really good. But think about where you where he was to, and it was a very, very good story where we're talking about real life and, and art imitating life because that was as real as real gets.
1: Yeah, and you talked about Impact Wrestling and seeing what Kenny Omega is doing with AEW. First of all, winning the AEW championship from Jon Moxley and then, you know— this partnership with impact and you know also you know uh, Kenny Omega holding on to gold and triple a as well and now he's going to do that old school territory run i mean that's something that we never thought we would see in modern day pro wrestling and we're seeing it right now and it's 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 good to see that at least when it comes to people who are released finding you know, employment, and not only just finding employment, but really thriving in a time where we didn't think we'd be able to see that with this pandemic, and they were able to do it outside the world of the WWE.
0: Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.